Well, today we're starting a brand new series. Now, just and probably just to give the context of, of why we're doing this series right now, we're going to be doing this for three weeks, have a, a two-week break. I'm going to be preaching. I think Sarah's going to be preaching. And then we're going to be um, starting a series um, which is going to be for our outreach month. It's going to be called Half Truth. And so it's going to be an opportunity for us to invite friends and families, workmates. You can even invite people from work that you may not like that much. Okay, so, and, and you'll probably understand that comment after this sermon today. Well, hopefully you will. But today we're, we're talking, starting a series called Hooked and about being fishers of men and women and children and, um, that, that pretty much covers it all. But the thing is, as we, as we talk about this idea of being hooked, um, we kind of like it, it got me thinking about fishing a lot. So I, I enjoy fishing. So this is, um, one of the rods that I have at home. It's not, not my best or biggest rod. Um, but I've caught a number of fish on this rod. But what I've found, um, as I've got older, cause I went fishing a lot when I was younger with my dad, um, fishing out of canoes, fishing out of boats, um, fishing off the land, um, setting hand reels and you'd come back and find. There was one time we, we, um, were fishing on the Condamine River where I used to live near as a kid and we'd go down on a Friday and we'd, we'd go out in the canoe, set all these, um, hand lines tied to a tree and come back the next day and one day we came back and we had like this like nice big yellow belly sort of caught up and we got into the boat it was great the thing is what I found I don't know what it is what the reason for this as I met Elizabeth as I've had kids my lack luck at catching bigger fish has dramatically reduced Elizabeth, I remember one time we were down fishing at Woodgate and my dad had been fishing and my nephews were there, my niece and nephews were there and I was, I was more casting out and then recasting out because I think I got something. I'm going, no, yeah, that was just the waves. But anyway, Elizabeth stayed on after everyone had finished, after the kids stopped swimming in the water and she came back with like five fish. And um, to put my dad and myself to shame, um, and there's been numerous occasions since then of that happening. But what's even worse is that um, young Miss Charlotte has taken on that same trait now. Um, I've gone fishing last year, we went to the men's fishing day, and um, Charlotte came along, and um, she shamed all the men in catching the only fish. Um, Make it even worse, um, sep- uh, September holidays, I think it was, up at Black's Beach. Um, Charlotte's really keen to go out fishing. I'd been given a brand new fishing shirt for Father's Day. Go and try this out. Went out fishing. And this is this was the thing. Like First, I cast in for Charlotte. There was actually a family probably 15 metres down that way who weren't catching much. Cast out for Charlotte. I was putting the yabby on my hook. And I didn't even get it on my hook before Charlotte is winding in her first fish. And that continued over the next hour. Didn't matter, matter what rod she was holding, she pulled in the fish and I didn't. And it got me thinking, what is success when it comes to fishing? And I suppose it depends on perspective of that because the thing is, one of the things that I love going fishing and a few years I realised I could actually go fishing with no hook or bait on my line because I find it really relaxing. Not as relaxing when Charlotte's showing me up, but like still find it relaxing. I could sit there for a couple of hours casting out and hopefully catching something and just taking time to switch off. So in that way, 
Sometimes when I don't catch any fish, I, I, maybe I've, I've done this to convince myself, but I feel successful. I've relaxed. For some people, it's, it's catching something. So, oh, I've caught something at least. I caught two little fish, had to throw them back, but I've caught something. That's success. For some people, it's, it's actually catching something that you can take home and eat. Okay, that's success. Or catching enough that you can take home and feed your family. That's success. For some people, they go out, I don't actually understand this one at all. People that go out sports fishing and they catch something, give it a kiss and throw it back. I'm going, what's the point of that? Like the fish, unless the fish doesn't taste good, unless it's like a big shark and you just go snip, I'm going to take, not bringing that one on board. If the fish tastes good, I want to bring it in and I want to enjoy what God has allowed me to catch. So, but for them, it's just pulling in that big fish and that's success and they, they send it back. But when I think about the disciples, and you think, you've, there's shows on, I don't take a lot of time watching, but there's shows on TV like Big Tuna and, and, and the, there's ones that catch crayfish and lobster. And the thing is, if they only caught one, they would not be very happy. Why? Because it's their business. It's their livelihood. They often they'll go out fishing really hard for six months of the year and then they don't, they make enough money that they don't do anything for the next six months. Probably except clean their boats and get ready for the next season. But for them, success is very much different defined to the success I have when it comes to fishing. If I went fishing and caught a big whiting, I'd be happy. A few brim, be happy. Something bigger than that, really happy. If I got to relax, I would be happy. I would feel successful. But for these, it's not the case. And it, it got me thinking about, as a church, we are called to be fishers of men and women and children. How do we define success in that way? Because a lot of us would go, it's, it's almost the fishing that we do, we dabble a hand line with no bait on hoping that something will happen. Or some of us don't even, we don't want something to happen. We just want to look like we're actually doing the work that God gave us to do. Because if something got on that line, what will I do with that? It's like my kids, they get a fish on the line. What do I do? What do I do? Wind it in, wind it in. And now it's flipping around. Flying. Yep, we'll hold the fish. We'll get the hook out of its mouth. Okay, no, you're not getting the hook out of its mouth because that could go anywhere. And then you go and do everything else. You, you, you scale it, you gut it, you, you fillet it, you get it ready to eat. But some of us are like that. We, we, we've got a, a line in the water and we, we, we don't want any fish on that. Or if we do, we're, we, we've caught a fish once. We've got that one fish story that we tell. I caught a fish and it was this big. I shared with someone one time about Jesus Christ. It's 1972. It's good times. And the thing is, we reflect on that and we, we go, was that success? And for some of us, we say, that was successful. I did share my faith. The thing is, when we look at the disciples, how they understood fishing was very different. They did not have these at all. They did not go out for the night and, and, and have an esky full of beer and, and sort of like have some bait and see what we can catch. They went out, and, and this doesn't really picture it either because... Um, they had nets, but this this is this is this this could get a fish out of the water. But again, if you had a big school of fish out there, this won't help you out that much. 
He might have a bit of success, but not, not enough. But they would have these big wide nets that they'd put out between two boats and they would have weights on the bottom of these nets so they'd go down deep in the water and they would paddle and sail along and then they would sort of scoop up these balls of fish and then drag them into their boat. And the first time Jesus met the disciples, he, they actually spent a night of doing that, which would be hard work. Pull it up and then wind it up, no fish, put it back in, do it again and they did it all night and what did Jesus tell them to do go out and do it again you understand like it would have been it's not like casting in a few times and going oh yeah we've been fishing for half an hour they would have done a whole night of fishing physically hard work and they were done and and they weren't successful they had not supplied for their families at all they had not made their living on that night and that was would be dangerous for them and so basically what happened in, the, in, this, in this picture, Jesus said, go out and do it again. And you see that they, they pull up this big lot of fish, so much so that their nets were breaking. See, a problem with using our rods to go fishing, or even maybe selecting the net that we use when we go fishing as Christians, is that we can, we can bait it up, we can target the fish that we want to go to for. So we'll put the bait that we want on, we'll cast out in the direction we want to go, and we're going for that fish. Well, hopefully that fish is out there for us. With with a net, and, and you, know, you know how you can get those little aquarium nets, that you scoop those little fish out and move it from one aquarium to the net? Some of us fish with that, because we only want something little, or we just want to play around with it, we're not really serious about it. But see, with a big net that covers across, you don't get to select which fish you're going for, all of them, come into it and 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 the thing is i think that is a problem for us in, in one way i mean this is actually an addition to the message so this is even a pre but um to before we jump into the, all the other stuff but, but i think one of the things is that we get to the point that we desire we get to the point where we decide who is deserving to be caught or needing to be caught and, and i think we we kind of kind of two different responses to this some of us and maybe we've got a little bit of a mean streak in our hearts when we're casting out and 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 to people around us we look at some people we go they are not deserving of the grace of god now don't need to put your hand up because again if there's no one else here i know there have been times i've looked at certain people i've gone oh, God has not done enough of a work in my life because what my thoughts against those people are not good. And I'm going, no, I don't want them to know about Jesus. I don't want them to get the reward of heaven. I don't want, they're not deserving of it. And so I'm going to go fish this group of people over here or this person over here. But some of us have a different response to that person altogether. We look at them, probably maybe have a a not kind thought about them but in the sense we're, we're looking at they are definitely deserve needing they're not deserving but they are definitely needing i look at that person like that if anyone needs jesus that person does but the problem with that is that often where we stop is that some of us may be willing to pray for them and that might be as far as we go some of us don't even get that far we we acknowledge this truth oh they they need to be saved by Jesus. If anyone needs to be transformed by the grace of God, it is that person. And as I say that this morning, some of you probably can think of someone in your life like that. 
Oh, if anyone needs the grace of God, it is that person. Names flashing in your head. But again, if we're fishing with a fishing rod, if we're fishing with a little net, we don't have to do that. We, we, we can be selective in how we fish. But, but the thing is, when it comes um, to fishing as the disciples were called the fish, it's a very different um, aspect. The thing is, Jesus understood what fishing was. He, when he was speaking to his disciples and said, I'm going to make you fishers of men, he knew exactly how they would understand it. Because basically what was going to happen, um, we see this in the passage that was read in Matthew um, 13, verses 47 and 48. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that is let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets and threw the bad away. And so basically what we're seeing here is that when Jesus was sharing with the disciples, sharing with the crowd, he was saying, well, first of all, when we go fishing, when we are called to be fishers, we need to use, um, we need to have it like a net. The kingdom of heaven is like a net. Um, he's saying that we actually need to have something that will spread over our community and as we go to capture them, we have this wide berth that actually draws all people in. The church is not just, good, not just for good people or for the people that we like. The church needs to be a net that is drawing all kinds of people in. And this is one of the things, it's scary, but... We may be drawing people in that may never be saved. But it doesn't stop us drawing them in. We may be drawing people in that we think they'll never be saved. But God thinks differently. And so we need to be drawing them in. And so we become like this net. And we become this big dragnet on our community. And this is the, this is the thing. As a church, this becomes even more so important because collectively we become that net that covers our community. Because growing up, I, I had this idea, in, you know, I suppose it was never formalised in my head, but I had this idea that the pastor, he's the one that does everything, and I show up. Um, and, and the thing is, I've seen that, that idea repeated over time. Um, the pastor, he's the one that saves all those people, and, 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 and everyone shows up. But I don't know whether it's because I had bad theology teachers or good theology teachers or whether I'm spiritually lazy, but I've learned over time it's not my job, it's the church's job. And in this metaphor, it's the church's job to be that net. It's not for me to put out ten rods in the water and catch who I can. It is the church's job to be that net in our community. And so each one of us in our workplace, in our, in our the separate parts of our community, we spread the effectiveness of that net. The thing is, though, if you've got a net, I'm not sure how aware you are of nets. Like, um, I've, I've seen people that, like, that use cast nets and different things like that and, and drag nets. And one of the things you've got to be aware of, if you get a, a larger hole in a net, what happens? They fish swim way through. And so you've got to repair those nets. So if we as a community of, of believers are becoming a net for the kingdom of God and we have holes in our net, the fish will get through. And so 
this, we've got to get this understanding into our heads. Each one of us, whether you are what you would consider not so young, whether you are at school, whether you are in a workplace, whether you are at home and have a community of friends that you spend time with, whatever that situation is, we are called to be a part of that net. And in so doing, we then don't become selective at all. We actually will take up anyone that is in the way of our net. As we, as we live in a way that draws people to, to God, all of a sudden we become this net that, that everyone gets caught up in. And the thing is, we don't know which people are going to come to Christ or not. That's not our job. Never has been, never will be. Jesus does the saving, we just do the communicating. We, we pass on the message, we let the Holy Spirit do His work in people's lives. But the, so we, we, we need to be like a net. And the thing is, um, also when we look at the example of this dragnet, it, it is thrown into the sea. Um, some versions will actually say let down into the lake. Others will say cast or thrown into the sea. Either way, the point is still the same. Instead of using a single line or a spear gun. Now, just an aside, this is just a personal thing. I can't understand spear fishing. Simply for this point. As you go spear fishing, you shoot a fish, and it's a fish that you want to eat, but then it starts to bleed. And the fish that not only wants to eat that fish, but may be happy eating you, then is attracted to you. So I don't understand that, that, that attraction to that. Maybe you are different to me, but like whether using a spear gun or a line, that's again not the concept here. It is saying that we need to cast out into, um, this, this, this pool of water, which we live in. Um, now obviously there was some amount of precision in the practice and the fishermen knew where the good spots were um, and they were generally endeavoured to throw their nets in those directions but the idea is that the net would engulf anything in its path and see that becomes something for us to, to think of as well like maybe we need to expand where our net goes like sometimes we wonder why no people are coming to Christ, but we don't know anyone that doesn't know Christ. Very, very hard to sort of, uh, okay, um, who do I t- talk to about Jesus this week for the first time? I don't know anyone like that. Maybe we need to branch out in that sense. Um, now, the sea or lake, depending on your translation, represents our community, represents the earth, um, and, and represents the fish represent humanity that's in that. And you know the saying that there are other fish in the sea? Well, that's the metaphor we're going for here. Um, and it, the thing is, if the Bible was written differently and it said the kingdom of heaven is like a fisherman who casts his line in the lake looking for a perfect rainbow trout, well, then we'd have a different job to do. But the kingdom of heaven is like a man who casts his net into the lake. And, and we see this really clearly uh, in John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That verse becomes a key, key indicator that it is not up to us to decide who should hear about Jesus Christ. Because that person that you don't want to share with, Jesus loved them and he died for them. 
and we may be the only one that they ever hear from. See, Jesus isn't looking for the perfect rainbow trout. Jesus sent Jesus to redeem the whole world. And the Father lowered the gospel net of salvation over the sea, and the net is gathering up anything and everything in its path. And so that's the thing. A net doesn't discriminate who comes along. Like, and, and I suppose when I look back at the, at the, the move of, of Christianity in the world, like, I, I suppose initially you had people thinking, oh, Christianity is only for this group of people. But then they realize, no, it's not. It's for, for, for everyone. It's for, and, and even, it's not about, like, because it was a, if you study the history of the Christian movement, is that often missionaries would go to a community and say, we've got to, not only do we have to tell them about Jesus, we have to make them like us. And I remember reading a little bit about Hudson Taylor when he went to India. He had a very different approach. He said, he said, do you know what? I'm going to dress. Um, oh no, he went to China. Sorry. So he went to China. He dressed like a, a Chinaman. He, he, um, he, he learned their language. He actually adopted their culture, but into that culture, he spoke about Jesus Christ. He extended his net. And, and we see that the global work of missions did exactly that. In our church, we are reflected of that. We have people from different island groups. We have people from um, Fiji. We have people from even smaller islands like England. Um, but the thing is, we, we have, the world has reached out and, and, and engulfed, and we are continue to, to keep doing that. Um, and so we need to gather in a fish of every kind. Um, the picture here gives us an incredible insight to how the kingdom, like the net, gathers all kinds of people up. In fact, we know from the book of Revelation that John saw a glimpse of the end times community of believers. And he said in uh, Revelation 7, 9, After this I looked and therefore there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands. And so John in Revelation captures this vision to see, well, this, this net has been cast over the world. And this, in the same way, we are continued to challenge to do that. This un, uncountable multitude, every nation, tribe, people and language, all standing before the throne ready to worship. And it's an absolute beautiful picture of the kind of multi-ethnic end times community we can expect to be part of as believers. And we've seen that in our church as times that we've had different cultures be a part of what we're doing. We, we enjoy the different aspects of different cultures. But even what we need to realize is that we are not, even people like me, I'm not called to just reach other good white Australians. I'm not called just to save them. I'm not called to save people that I like. I'm not called to, to, I'm called to cast my net out and whoever comes up in that. And all of a sudden you end up with a church that is going to be very different to that. And I think that becomes another reason that we are hesitant to cast our nets. We don't want our church to change. We don't want people coming in that might dress differently, smell differently, think differently. We want the sameness. The thing is, what we need to rest on is someone was willing to do for you 
what God is asking you to do for others. You weren't born Christian. You were a born again Christian. At some point in time, there was something that happened in your life that led you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And God is asking you to do exactly that same thing for any that might you are in your way. Cast your net. See who comes up in it. See, at the end, we don't need to worry about the selecting. God does that. God will separate in the end. Um, and, and those, again, who have watched some of those deep-sea fishing shows, you'll see them bring in these nets or crates of different things, and they'll, they'll pull out a big fish shot in here and little scrawny things like crayfish, and they'll throw out that way, going, we'll, we'll catch that one later. God will do that. We don't have to worry about that. We, we need to throw our doors open and say, hey, come and hear about the grace and love of Jesus Christ. Come and find out what it is to be saved. The joy I have in that, even though there will be some who still reject that in their life, I know when people truly hear the message of Jesus Christ, truly hear it, they are open to it, people most of the time respond positively to it. They, they see the truth of it. But people do have their choice. And, and I can live with that. I, I can live that they, they, they make their own choice and God will decide that at the end. And we see that at the end in Matthew 13, 49 and 50. It says, So will it be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them in the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What Jesus describes is a harsh reality for those who don't believe but it also becomes a wake-up call for those who, of us who do believe. We still have time. We still have time to be casting our nets. As long as we're all in the net together, we still have time to share the gospel with those around us. We still have time to pray and seek salvation in our families, our neighbours, our co-workers, strangers we meet at the coffee shop. But there will come a time when, when the final trumpet blast and the end of the age comes when there will, won't be any time left. And when this happens, it will be a time for sorting and that job is up to God, the chief fisherman, the divine creator of the cosmos. So, fishing is, I suppose, how we define fishing or the success of fishing is, is, is different for different people. But when we define what success is to be fishers of men as a church, we are called to cast our net the kingdom net into the world in which we live. We will need, still need patience. We will still need skill and mental and physical strength, willingness to get our hands dirty and the right tools. But our jobs as ambassadors of Christ is to join God in spreading the kingdom net by sharing the good news of Jesus. You may share with someone this week that all of a sudden he has the message reinforced in a year's time. That's part of the kingdom net. Our job is not only to offer the kingdom um, to people we see as worthy. Our job is to offer to as many people and let God deal with the sorting um, at the end because that is his job. And we know he will be faithful and do his part. But the question is today, how will we fish? Will we pick up our rod and, and, and selectively throw it in the water when we want to? wind it up when we don't because one thing I know my fishing rods they've got a nice little rack at home that they sit in they don't catch any fish there 
it'd be great if I came home one day and there was like a big fish hanging off it and, and it wasn't too hot because otherwise the fish would be probably smelly by the time I got home. But they don't work that way. I've got to get it all ready. But I can only catch one fish at a time on, the, on, the, on those rods. Or maybe I've got a little net that I can chase some fish in a pond and I can get a few into my net that way. Or maybe I, I need to branch out and cast my net and join with the church in casting our net, the kingdom net, into the world in which we live. We might need to be get better ready. And one of the things I want to encourage you to do as part of the next few weeks leading into our outreach month, upstairs on the whiteboard, there's, we've got prayer points for our prayer meeting every Sunday morning. I want you to go up there at times. If you've got someone that you... Um, two things. One, a person that you are praying for already that you want to see come to know Christ or even of someone that you're wanting to find the right opportunity to share with. I want you to write their name. Maybe you don't feel comfortable writing their name. Write their initials because we can pray for initials and guess what? God will know who they are. And so we want to take time to be praying as a church for the names that go on that board. Now, again, feel free to join us on a Sunday morning as a church as we pray for those people and we begin casting our net. But God, again, like, I suppose for me, when I look at prayer, when it comes to casting our net, that's like getting up in the morning, getting my rods ready. I've still actually got to go to the water. I've still got to go do that. And, and so there is some action that we need to take. Now, you might need to have prayer for yourself saying, help me find the right words. Help me have that right opportunity. Help me to see the fish that are right in front of me so I can cast my net in front of them. We're going to be praying for that as well. But we don't want to leave holes in our nets. So I want to encourage you this week to be, as a church, casting our net into the world in which we live and capturing those who are in front of us. And drawing them in. You may want to be praying for someone that you can invite uh, in a few weeks' time to our Half Truth series. Who will come along and, and, and hear the gospel message and, 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 and find people that actually genuinely care about them. Because the thing is, the people that I, I know who have come to Christ, they're so happy that people have cared about them enough to tell them about Jesus. And, and when you think about what the flip side of that is, for those people in your life that you know that they need Jesus in their life, do you care about them enough? Or don't you care about them at all to tell them about Jesus? It just becomes a great opportunity for us as a church to work together to see the kingdom grow as we cast out God's net in the world in which we live. Lord, I thank you that I thank you that the net has been cast out for each one of us. That this kingdom net has captured us and we have been drawn into your kingdom. And so Lord, I pray now as a church that we would have the focus and the intent and the opportunity to, to cast our net into the world now. To see to see those around us, those who our friends, those who are family, those who are strangers, 
those that we struggle to get on with at work, those people that may not be friends at school, that we can cast our net around them and pray and hope and share the truth of who you are with them. I pray for the names that are jumping into people's minds and hearts even now. Again, may you give us courage. May you give us the words to share. May you help us live in a way that makes our net strong and to be able to surround those around us. And Lord, be our guide as we continue to to take on that responsibility of being fishers of men in the world in which we live. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.